God bless you and welcome to the Solution Radio Show. Thank you for joining me today. I'm Greg Backus, your host. Jesus Christ is the solution for all the situations you and I might find ourselves in. He is God's solution for all mankind, for all time. He stated in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus Christ is the one who makes a difference. He made a difference in people's lives 2,000 years ago when he lived and walked among people. And he makes a difference today because he was raised from the dead and is seated at God's right hand in the heavenlies. I trust that Christ Jesus makes a difference in your life today, that you see the tremendous love that God has for you, that you come to have a deeper and more full relationship with God as your Heavenly Father, that you see your purpose in life is far above the day-to-day circumstances of life. God's love for you, it knows no bounds. Today we will hear some wonderful music and read some of the Bible together regarding the imminent return of Jesus Christ. Our interview segment is with Dave Lassine. Dave is with C12. He will share with us about the C12 Group, which is a nationwide organization that helps leaders to develop to their true capacity, not only in the business world, but personally and spiritually as well, to be all that God has called them to be. Let's start off with some uplifting music. I've been running through rain that I thought would never end. Trying to make it on faith in a struggle against the wind. I've seen the dark in the broken places. But I know in my soul, no matter how bad it gets, I'll be alright. There's hope in front of me. There's a Storm you finally find Where the hurt and the tears and the pain don't fall behind There's a lot I still see it. 
Today we are going to look at the imminent return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The reason I use the word imminent is because the word imminent literally means likely to occur at any moment. Now don't worry, I'm not going to try and predict a day or a time because God's word tells us that no man knows the day or the time of the Lord's return. Only God knows. But the Lord Jesus Christ, he could return at any moment before you take your next breath. The first century church, they anticipated the Lord's return to be at any time. If you have a Bible handy and would like to follow along, I'll start out here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. We'll read verses 9 and 10. And how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. The Phillips translation reads verses uh, 9 and 10 in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 like this, How you turned from idols to serve the true living God, and how your whole lives now look forward to the coming of his Son from heaven, the Son Jesus, whom God raised from the dead, and who personally delivered us from the judgment which hung over our heads. The Thessalonian believers were transformed by the living word of God to the end that they turned from idols, and idols are things that they had considered to be more important than God, and they turned from those idols and served the living and true God, and now with all their heart, all that they were, they looked forward to the coming of God's Son from heaven, the return of Jesus Christ. Today, people for the most part, well, they're waiting for everything other than the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. They're waiting for when they reach a certain age, or when they have enough money, or when they have someone who loves them, or when they have that new job, or when they finish school or when they've lost some weight, or maybe they're waiting for death to meet the Lord, or they're waiting for you fill in the blank. Many things people are waiting for. Here in the Word, we see the only waiting we are to do is to wait for the return of our Lord and Savior. To wait here, it's a mindset. It's a fixed mind on the truth regarding the return of Jesus Christ. It includes patience and trust, trusting God that what he has promised he is able to perform, specifically here to send his son back to gather together the saints in the Lord. And while we wait, we're to be patient, not anxious or worried, but patient, living life with great anticipation, expecting that at any moment the Lord could return. Let's look at Philippians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. For our citizenship is in heaven, from where also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. In verse 20 here, the words, we look, literally mean to wait eagerly and expectantly. 
And then the, the Phillips translation of those two verses say, We are citizens of heaven. Our outlook goes beyond this world to the hopeful expectation of the Savior who will come from heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ. He will remake these wretched bodies of ours to resemble His own glorious body by that power of His which makes Him the master of everything that is. I am eagerly anticipating the return of Jesus Christ, and I am expecting that it could happen at any moment. When we live day by day with that expectation, with that mindset, well, our behavior will reflect that belief. At least it surely should. The Thessalonian believers, they're a tremendous example to us of ones who literally believed God's word that the apostle spoke regarding the return of Jesus Christ. Let's go back to 1 Thessalonians and verse 3 of chapter 1. Remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and our Father. That's verse 3 of 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Here it says, remembering without ceasing. That's literally remembering with, with careful attention and perseverance. And your work of believing. The work of believing here is specifically your work. Your work as opposed to others. Your work proceeding out of the right way of believing. It's your work. And it's out of the right way of believing. It's work not out of fear. It's work not out of obligation. It's work that proceeds from believing God. That's why in the body of Christ, there is no competition amongst believers when God's people are walking in love. Each of us in the body of Christ, we are members in particular as God has placed each of us. Sadly, today in the Christian church, there is much division, and it's because of ego and pride. A true leader serves in humility and love without an attitude of, hey, look at me and how great I am. Look at what I've accomplished. Each individual in the church is loved equally by God the Father and each has a purpose in life. It doesn't matter if you're the youngest member or the oldest member. Each of you are valuable beyond measure. And each have works to do which God will work within you to do. The Spirit of God is the great director of the heart of His children. Look to the Father for your direction. The Thessalonian believers here in First Thessalonians, they are just such a, a wonderful example to us of what it is to do the work that we are called to by our Father. And then it continues in that verse, it says, labor of love. And here it's your labor, not somebody else's, your labor proceeding out of the right manner of love. This labor here is a strenuous effort resulting in fatigue and it's out of the love of God. Someone could labor outside of the love of God and we see an example of that in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We'll read here verses 1 through 3. It says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and have not charity, and this word charity, that's the love of God. So let me start that over. Where we see the word charity, I'm just going to substitute with the words the love of God. 
Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and have not the love of God, I am become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy, and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all believing, so that I could remove mountains and not have the love of God, I am nothing. Verse 3. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, I give it all away. And though I give my body to be burned, tirelessly put forth effort to the end of fatigue, and have not the love of God, it profits me nothing. Without love, all the works amount to no profit for the one doing the work. Your strenuous effort resulting in fatigue proceeding out of your love for God and, and godly love for others results in great profit, not only for you, but for those who are affected by your labor. What a joy! What a life we have to live! Day to day is not meaningless with no purpose. We have a loving Father that directs our hearts in that which He directs we are to do to the nth degree in love. You might be directed to sit at home and pray, or God might work in your heart and direct you to stand on a street corner and proclaim the gospel. You might be directed by the Spirit to cook for the local homeless center, or you may be directed to serve in love in your work location, your neighborhood, your family. Wherever you are and whatever you do, it's to be done in love. And then the third part of that verse there in Thessalonians talks about the patience of hope. And once again, it's your patience, your patience of the right hope. And that right hope is looking to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. This type of patience, it stands and it does not waver, no matter what the circumstance or the words of ridicule that might come from others. This patience is demonstrated in the life of a man or a woman who is not swerved from their deliberate purpose and their loyalty by even the greatest of trials and sufferings, all the way to and including death. It's a steadfast endurance, not tossed about by the circumstances of life. Patience in the hope of the return of Jesus Christ is what helps you and I to keep on doing the work God has directed that proceeds out of the right way of believing and the intense labor that leads to fatigue out of the love of God. A good and an honest heart that hears the word and keeps it brings forth fruit with patience. True patience stands and withstands in the circumstances of life. Now I'd like to ask you a question and, and think about the answer. What is your work proceeding out of the right way of believing as the Spirit directs? That's the first question. Second one, what is your labor or strenuous effort resulting in fatigue proceeding out of the love of God? God has a personal assignment for you. You are you in the church. There's no competition, no one-upmanship, no ego, no pride. Not when you know the uniqueness of you 
in the church in your identification in Christ. Remember Philippians 2.13 and Ephesians 2.10? Uh, over the months, we've read these verses many times. Well, two of my favorites. Let's look at both of these again. We'll start in Philippians chapter 2. Verse 13, it says, For it is God which works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. It's God who energizes you with the godly impulse or desire to do his will, and he energizes your ability to do his good pleasure. The Amplified Bible translates that verse, For it is not your strength, but it is God who is effectively at work in you, both to will and to work, that is, strengthening, energizing, and creating in you the longing and the ability to fulfill your purpose for his good pleasure. As a child of God, never, never think that your life has no purpose. What has the Father put on your heart? Where has he called you to serve in this world? Your purpose is not only the desire to do his will, but to do the work that he has called you to because he supplies all the resources necessary. What a joy, what a privilege to know that you are intimately involved in the will of God, the creator of the heavens and the earth. Ephesians chapter 2, let's look at that, verse 10. For we are his workmanship, or his masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained or prepared that we should walk in them. We are God's masterpiece. We are created in Christ Jesus unto good works. All of mankind is body and soul. Those that become children of God by way of the accomplished work of Jesus Christ, by confessing Jesus as Lord, believing God raised him from the dead, they are body, soul, and spirit. Well, of those three, which was created in Christ Jesus? It's the spirit. The spirit was created in Christ Jesus at the new birth. Well, the good works that God has prepared for you to walk in and for you to do and to be successful at are contained in his working within you to will and to do of his good pleasure. Until the Lord returns to gather the church together as promised by God in his word, you and I are to live our purpose in Christ. You might say, well, I'm not sure what that is. What am I supposed to do? Well, start by spending time with God, both by reading his word, which is the Bible, and in prayer. In prayer, I mean just talk to God. Just share your heart with him. Express your desire to him to do his will. And then do what you do know from the word that you've read from the Bible. Then have a peaceful heart and listen. Your daddy, your heavenly father, he will talk to you. What are the desires of your heart? What is he working within you today? That's where it's going to be. Then act. Do as he directs. Speak as he gives you the words to speak. He will supply everything that's needed. There's no doubt. You just walk out in it, trusting and believing God. It's really, really a very simple life. 
it's living as the Spirit directs. The direction, it will never be contrary to God's Word. One of the keys is to be obedient and to be humble and to graciously and lovingly fulfill your calling as God leads. All of this is in light of the imminent return of Jesus Christ, because at any moment the trumpet may sound and we will meet him in the clouds. What a wonderful, awesome, glorious day that will be. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 51 through 58 we'll read. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Paul states here in this verse 51 that he is going to make known to us a mystery. We shall not all sleep. Sleep here, in God's word, means to have died. God likens death to sleep. You wake up from sleep. Those that have died will wake up from death when the Lord returns. Then it says, but we shall all be changed. And verse 52 goes on to talk about that change. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. At the precise moment, determined by God, in the twinkling of an eye, instantaneously at the last trump, the trumpet to end this time frame of the age of grace, the trumpet it will sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and those of us that are alive, we shall be changed. Verse 53, For this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. When those who were dead are raised back to life, and when those who are still alive put on immortality, then, then shall be brought to pass the saying, Death is swallowed up in victory. Life defeats death. Verse 55, it says, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. Verse 57, but thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Death, sin, the grave, no longer have victory. All of it was covered in the life, death, resurrection, and the return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He has given us the victory. Thanks be to God who has given us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then the closing verse here in this chapter, verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor your hard work resulting in fatigue, your labor is not in vain in the Lord. It's not in vain. That hard work resulting in fatigue, the labor in the Lord, it is not empty or determined to be useless. It's not in vain. The Lord's return, it's imminent. What will we do? What will you do until the fullness of times when God the Father sends His Son to gather us together unto Him? 
How about if we do as the Spirit directs? We will make full proof of our ministries of service. We will comfort and encourage one another with the Word of God. We will do the work of an evangelist, proclaiming to all that will listen of the love the Father has for each of them. We will live life to its fullest for God, knowing that there is great reward throughout all eternity. As John wrote in the book of Revelation, chapter 22, verses 20 and 21, He which testifies these things says, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Nobody knows when he'll come, when he'll come But when the trumpet blows He will come, he will come And there'll be no doubt When we hear that shout when he comes We'll see fathers and mothers When he comes, when he comes And we'll see sisters and brothers When he comes, when he comes and we'll be together with our Lord forever when He comes. And on that day, when the dead in Christ shall rise, some will be changed, and they'll meet Him in the sky. No more pain, no more tears will dim the eye on that day, that glorious day. When he comes We've been sealed with the promise of a day when he will come So we look into the heavens For he will surely come on that glorious day, we'll be face to face when He comes. So let's spread the good news until He comes, until He comes. To every woman and man, till the day that He comes. Of the power and glory of that great love story when He comes. And on that Christ shall rise, some will be changed, and they'll meet Him in the sky. No more pain, no more tears will dim the eye on that day, that glorious day when He comes, when He comes, and Christ, He is coming Christ is coming, yeah, He's coming again. Oh, Christ, He is coming again. So keep an eye upon the sky, He is coming again. Christ, He is coming.
So this could be the moment before the moment that he comes. Let us live with joy and purpose till he comes, till he comes. On that glorious day, we'll be face to face. And on that day, when the dead in Christ shall rise, some will be changed. And they'll meet him in the sky, no more pain, no more tears of dim the eye. On that day, that glorious day, when he comes. the moment Oh, this could be the moment This could be the moment before the moment that he comes My heart is liberated with the realization that I'm saved by grace You never wanted my flesh But you know you have my heart And all of my days Father, let my life be an offering of grace I am a mighty conqueror And a helpless child Lord, my heart and my flesh, they fail But you are the strength of my life I am freed from sin and born again Each new day a chance to trust you No longer enslaved By these worldly chains Oh Lord, my freedom is in serving you No longer enslaved By these worldly chains Oh Lord my freedom is in serving you. Our guest today is Dave Lassine. After 34 years in the insurance industry, Dave sensed the call to develop C12 groups in the Chicago area. He has held positions as president of two different firms and is also a past president of the largest insurance state association for independent agents in Illinois. Along with his business background, Dave has been involved in leadership with small groups, couples groups, marriage ministry, and has led retreats for leaders with a focus on spiritual disciplines and development. Dave has also mentored high school students and has served as president of the board for Emmaus Ministries in Chicago, which ministers to broken lives of men in the inner city. Dave's passion also includes short-term missions, which has taken him to China, and more recently working with church leaders in the Dominican Republic. Dave's desire to see leaders in business develop to their true capacity, not only in the business world, but personally and spiritually, to be all that God has called them to be. 
I'd like to welcome Dave Lacine to the Solution Radio Show. Great to be here, Greg. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. It's great to have you here with us today. Dave, can you give us some of your background on how you came to know the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, I was raised Catholic, which can mean a number of things, depending on uh, who you are and, and uh, your family life. But uh, God was always an important part of our family structure. But, of course, as you know, sooner or later, that has to become personalized, where it's a personal relationship with Christ, which really took hold when I was in college. And from there, I got very involved in on campus ministry and things like that, and continue to grow. And that's quite a few years back. What brought you to C12 and what is your responsibility within the organization today? Well, it, it was an interesting journey coming to C12. I'd been in the insurance business for 34 years and on paper everything looked great. But there was something gnawing at me that saying, is this all there is? I felt like God had something else mm-hmm. and felt that longing in my heart to just seek the Lord. It sent me on a journey of prayer for a number of years. And from that came C12, which is a business roundtable, like a personal board of directors for Christian business owners. And the minute I came across it, I just felt like I was grabbed a hold of by the Lord to say, this is what you must do. Mm-hmm. And so I pursued it. And the organization... My responsibility is an area chair, which means that I am charged with developing groups in the Chicagoland area, particularly in the Chicago southwest suburbs, as I have a counterpart up north. And we both are charged with developing groups Mm -hmm. who are consisting of business owners. Can you sort of tell us a little bit about the background behind C12 and what its purpose is? Sure. C12's purpose really is to change the world by bringing forth the kingdom of God in the marketplace through the companies and lives of those he calls to run businesses for him. So we're charged with no small mission. Mm-hmm. It's about changing the world, feeling that if a business owner comes to grip the fact that he is charged with stewardship, and it's not really his business, it's God's business that God has given him, Mm-hmm. that he will be accountable for, it can make all the difference in the world. What we are really looking at is every business touches thousands of lives. You have vendors, you have your employees, you have even the smallest business. Mm-hmm. You have clients, and you have a place in the marketplace, you have a place maybe involved in chambers and other things. So changing the world by one person at a time, by being salt and light in this world, which we've been called to be salt and light. Mm -hmm. So as a business owner, if they can lend that salt and light to the world through their commitment to Christ and realize that it's not only about developing economically, it's Mm -hmm. not only about developing your team, but it's also about spiritual value added. Am I paying as much attention on the spiritual side as I am in these other arenas. In fact, it's what we call in C12 the tri-value model, economic, team, and spiritual. Mm -hmm. And the spiritual is the one that even by veteran believers is easy to neglect. Right. And it sort of ties into, too, it triggers in my mind when you're saying that, how it's bringing Christ into the workplace instead of compartmentalizing him and only on Sunday is for God and then the rest of the week is like you do what you do. Greg, that's such a challenge. I mean, we hear everywhere, don't share your faith or talk about politics in the workplace. Right. And in other words, we're told to compartmentalize our life. And yet 
there's nothing in Scripture that says we're supposed to do that. We're supposed to let our light shine right. in such a way that others will see our good works and glorify God. And so we really need that reminder. Business owners need that reminder that this is not about you just making enough money to support missions out there. Your greatest mission may be your business. And how are you doing with that? And so it is a change of a mindset. It's countercultural. And yet it can be so impactful because, as you know today, a lot of people are never going to go to church. Right. They might not walk to that, into that church building, and the first place they'll see Christ is in the workplace. Mm-hmm. And so if there is intentionality going on with that, it can make a difference. And then they can end up entering the halls of church with a new realization that Christ is alive and well. Right. It's a wonderful way to live your life for sure. Now, what type of resources does C12 make available to its members in order to help them grow in their spiritual perception and awareness within the work environment? That's a great question because the impression might be, gosh, this is just some sort of Bible study here. Well, not really. We go through MBA-type materials, and so every month when we're together, we're going through MBA-level materials. And uh, we have access to years and years of that. So as a member, they can search a segment or a subject Mm -hmm. and come up with uh, ideas on the subject. And not only that, what are the biblical principles behind the ideas? Because one one thing we know is biblical principles definitely can teach you how to run a business in the most effective manner. Mm -hmm. Well, now can... You give us a specific incident or share with us a time when a business situation resulted in a godly outcome because of a C-12 member's involvement in that circumstance or situation. That is a great question. I think of a, a number of things, but one that occurs to me is a fairly recent occurrence of a partner passing away suddenly mm-hmm. in a company. Actually, this person was going to be the successor for the company. He was just about to step in the shoes of being the president of the company. And so there was a buy-sell agreement already in place. But the uh, the C-12 member, who, who was the CEO of the company, just said, we're not going to do that. It's really not fair to the spouse because we're about to sell one of our major locations. It's going to bring in major revenue. He, this individual that passed away would have been part of it. And even though it's legal what we would be doing, it's not fair, mm-hmm. and and ended up set, um, providing much more to the family and to the spouse. When they didn't have, there was no reason they had to do it. But it's the lesson, again, is in our culture, we're often looking at what is legal and not necessarily what is right in the sight of the Lord. And so he just exemplified that by saying, no, I'm going to go back to the other partners. We're going to do what, what we think is is right and not what we can necessarily get away with. Mm-hmm. And so that was one example. But I think of a couple others is, is our companies that have corporate chaplains that ha- make them available to anyone who may have issues or problems. Again, so many people don't attend church. What happens when there's a crisis? Well, there's a chaplain available through their company. It's an incredible benefit. Mm-hmm. I think of another member who just started in the morning where they have what they call a huddle. And they would just normally go through what things are we going to do uh, ahead in the day ahead. Well, he started incorporating prayer. And not only incorporating prayer, the employees liked it so much, he started designating who's going to lead us in a little prayer before we start the day. And it just sets a different tone, a different awareness of God's presence in the workplace. 
And the thing is, it can be done. Jesus was invitational, never coercive. Right. And we always encourage our members, be creative, be winsome, and be invitational. And it's amazing the difference and the receptivity that that gains. That's wonderful, and it makes me think of dealing with those situations, especially the first one you shared about the individual that passed away. You dealt with it, or, or that company at that time dealt with it in the heart of the matter rather than the law of the matter. Exactly, and we don't see that a whole lot today in our culture. It's like, what can I get away with? What's the least I have to do in order for it to be legal? Well, legal doesn't mean right. Now, the C-12 has monthly meetings in the different chapters. Can you give us an overview of of one of those monthly meetings, like what might go on and, and entail what happens throughout the day? It's a great question because we do meet. It is a commitment of a whole day from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. And for a lot of CEOs, they're like, how can I do this? Uh, or what do you do all day? And I'm like, the question for me is, how am I going to squeeze this all in? Because we have a full day, uh, starting with a devotional, moving into working on my business segment, uh, prayer and praise reports and updates, uh, referring to to-dos, we go into uh, a to-do list. What are the things I'm committed to do between now and the next 30, 60, or 90 days and reporting back into the company? And then we go into a segment looking at my business as ministry and mission. And then in the afternoon, we have what we call open forum time. We start with a core business presentation, and the core is one of the individuals opening up their whole business. This is where I've been. This is where I am. This is where I'm hoping to go. And these are issues I'm bringing to the board for advice and counsel and input. And then we open the whole board up to any questions or issues they may have that they want to report in on and get input from the board on. The beauty of it is nobody has a vested interest in the other companies other than wanting them to be the best possible businesses they can be. So you're sitting around with many objective members Mm -hmm. who are just saying, hey, I want to help you. Here's a source that can help you with this issue. And amazing the input and and the added ingredients, of course, of the Holy Spirit right. inspiring, speaking through others to give wisdom and counsel mm-hmm. that is biblically based is awesome. That sounds like a wonderfully profitable day for those that are in the group. How many are in a group at any one time? We'll have anywhere from 6 to 15, mm-hmm. depending on the how new the group is and depending on how seasoned the group is. Once we get to that, I'd say over 12, which is why we call it C12, mm-hmm. for basically 12 being the optimum amount, then we will break off and form another group. How many groups in the Chicago area? No. We've got uh, four groups in the Chicago area. We have one in the in north, uh, Elgin area. That Gary Matching, my counterpart who who runs C12 Northwest, mm-hmm. is there. And then we've got one in uh, Burr Ridge, one in Naperville, and one in Downers Grove. Okay, and nationwide as well, correct? Nationwide, we have 1,800 members, 1,200 businesses, and we're in about 35 states and 80 chairs doing what I do. Mm. So we've got a couple in Chicago. We plan on expanding that as time goes on. But it has seen, we have just seen so much growth since I've been in it in six years. I think we had about 42, 43 chairs when I started. We have 80 chairs now. So there's a hunger, desire, and desire for individuals to come up with some answers and to know that it's about building businesses for a greater purpose. Right. And and people are looking for that greater purpose. Is this all there is? Is this all it is, is making money? Well, no. God has a greater purpose for you. 
and has put you in this stewardship for a different reason and a more significant reason than just making money. That's a wonderful attitude to have and a great way to think about it mm -hmm. because just making money can be quite unfulfilling. It doesn't meet the heart issues of life. Right, right. So, now, if somebody was to be in, let's say, the Naperville group, but they need to travel, can they attend to groups in other parts of the country? Yes. In fact, I just have a, I have a member like that who spends three months out of the year in Arizona, so he goes to the Arizona group. And then when he's here the other nine months, he goes here. So the beauty of it is we have the same segments, the same materials in any group. You'll see this a similar format. Of course, a different core presentation. But what's interesting is most issues are similar. They are related to people. How do I get from there to here? Where do I go next? Do I let go of this person? Do I hire this person? It's, it's, so it's very interesting in terms of that kind of interaction. But our segments are the same in every group throughout the country on a given month. Now, you also do one-on-one -on -one consultation. Can you tell us a little bit about how that works? The one-on-ones are great. I, I meet with every member once a month, uh, and I say it's the member's meeting. So it, it's whatever's on their mind. It may be, Dave, I'm struggling with this strategy. Do you have any insight or input on it? It may be, I can't relate to my daughter. I really want to talk to you about this. It may be, I have an issue that's so close to my heart, I really, I'm not ready to share it with the group, but would you be praying with me on this? So the one-on-one -on -one can be just, or it may be someone that's saying, Dave, I want to meet with you and make sure I'm covering my to-do list and that it's moving me forward. So every one of them is different, but just uh, inspiring. That's a great ministry for you to be able to minister to those men and, and women and to be able to help them and encourage them. Just, I just love it. I love those times. And, and what I love about it is everyone's different. Do you have anything coming up in the Chicago area here that might be open to uh, people that would like to learn more about C12? Sure. We actually have coming up two different events that are breakfast events that are uh, ones in Burridge at the Burridge Marriott on the 18th of March, which is Friday the 18th, and that starts at uh, 7.30 uh, registration, 8 o'clock breakfast, and then we have a presentation for about 45 minutes, so it really gives people an idea of what is C12 Group about, and we have that same kind of event going on in Naperville on March 22nd, which is Tuesday Registration at 7.30, 8 o'clock. We have the informational session and breakfast. I'll uh, put a link up to both of those pieces of information on our website. Is there a specific link they can go to to register for that? There or? is. If they go to c12chicagosw.com, they will see an RSVP link. Okay. And just hit the RSVP and they can link right up to us. Okay. I'll put that link up on our website then. Is there a, a best way to get a hold of you personally, or should they just go through sure. the website? Sure. Uh, no, I, I will, my email address is david.lacine, L-A-C-I-N-E, at c12group.com, or they can certainly call me in my office, 630-963-3766. Great. I'll put both of those on the website, too. Great, Greg. Thank you, Dave, for your time today. I really appreciate it. Great. Great to be with you, Greg. God bless you. Same to you. Thanks. When your heart is heavy and your thoughts are sinking low You think everyone has given up on you God will lift your burden when you finally let it go Put your trust in Him, He'll pull you through 
gotta be God Who cares for you Gotta be God It's gotta be God Whose love is true Gotta be God Well, who else picks you up Every time that you fall And he hears your voice Every time that you call And who else gave his son Jesus Christ for us all It's gotta be God Who cares for be God, it's gotta be God, whose love is true, gotta be God, when your heart is heavy and your thoughts are less than kind, the attitude of gratitude is your best state of mind. Just count your many blessings and God's perfect peace you will find, you will surely moment I see you shaking your head in disgrace I can read the disappointment written all over your face here come those whispers in my ear saying who do you think you are looks like you're on your own from here Grace could never reach that far But in the shadow of that shame Beat down by all the 
floods a thirsty soul The broken side begins to heal And grace returns with guilty stole And in the shadow of that shame Deep down by all the blame I hear you call my name Saying it's not over And my heart starts to beat so loud Now drowning out the doubt I'm down but I'm not out There's no war between Guilt and grace And they're fighting for a sin Thank you for joining us today on the Solution Radio Show, and thank you to Dave Lassine from C12 for sharing his heart and life with us today. All of the Solution Radio Shows are archived at thesolutionradioshow.com, where you may re-listen at your convenience. There are also links to the websites of our guests, musicians, and sponsors. A reminder that the Praise Line is open 24 hours a day where you may call in and give a testimony of God's working in your heart and life. The number is 844-705-3410. Once again, that number, 844-705-3410. We will play some of those testimonies in upcoming shows. If you have any comments or questions, please email info at thesolutionradioshow.com. Please continue to keep in your prayers the expansion of The Solution Radio Show. The Solution Radio Show is listener-supported, both by your prayers and financial giving. All donations are tax-deductible. Thank you so very much for your support. It is greatly appreciated. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 9002, Naperville, Illinois, 
60567. Once again, the address P.O. Box 9002, Naperville, Illinois 60567. There is also a donation link available on our website. Have an awesome rest of your day. God bless you. You are God's very best.